Hi, Matt. Welcome to the video about independent brokers. And thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, Joseph. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't we get started with tell everybody watching who you are, where you're from, what, how does your brokerage look like today? Yeah, so my name is Matt Cortez. I'm out of Orange County, California, and I am the broker owner of independent brokerage called Good Harbor Real Estate. And unique little brokerage, we, it's a little bit about my background, is that I'm also a real estate attorney. I do small business estate planning, et cetera. And, but I've been a licensed realtor for almost 10 years. And I started noticing that I wasn't able to help my clients in certain ways when issues would pop up. So I thought, hey, if I went to law school, became an attorney, then I could help them out with those issues. And during that time, became a broker, left the big brokerage I was with and got my license, started helping out clients as an attorney. And the other realtors that I built a connection with they started coming to me and saying, oh, hey, you've got a brokerage, right? Can I join you? And in the last couple of few months, I went from zero agents to four. And we're growing and I've got probably, our goal is to probably grow maybe another six more by the end of the year from people I've been talking to. So it's been great. It's been a good run. Awesome. So how many people you have total right now? So right now we have four agents. Four agents, including yourself or with that? You? I'd be the fifth one. Yeah. And I still, and I'm still doing that for right now. I have, we're in the final negotiations for a vacant land contract in Palm Desert for my, I'm representing the buyer on that one, but my agents, they're the four of them. I've got two that do residential, one that does property management and one that does commercial. Okay. So that leads me to, you have answered that one. Are you still in production? And it sounds like you're still in production, which makes yes. sense because you just had your agents join the last couple of months. So it takes a little while until someone gets ready to get off production and hand yeah. things over. How is, what's the plan for that? Are you planning on getting out of production? Do you plan on staying in production? I plan on staying in production so long as it doesn't compete with my agents. That's yes. a very important thing to me because when I was working with some of these really large brokerages, the manager was going out and also selling. And I really don't believe in that. And so I try to keep it very thin to just the commercial stuff. I don't mm -hmm. compete with my agents on the residential side. Yeah. And that's really why most of us step out of production is to make sure we don't compete because it's really hard to recruit when you, you, you start, yeah, come here and we're going to compete against the same deal. So, exactly. so that makes sense. So what kind of format do you have? Are you operating as each one is an independent person? Are you working as a team? Is there one main rainmaker? And I say is everybody has a different way to structure their brokerage. Yeah. So I really focus on what their strengths are. And then we talk about where, what areas are for improvement. So I have my two residential area agents. They're actually boyfriend, girlfriend, they live together and they're in Torrance. And I coached, okay. So my, the reason why my, the recruiting has been successful is because I do a lot of coaching and I've done, I've been coached by, we've done Mike Ferry. I've done Tom Ferry. I've been Brian Buffini, Craig Proctor. I've done all of them over my career. So I've learned how to coach. And at another small brokerage, I was the director of training. And so I offer hands-on one-on-one coaching with these guys. And what I think really steps separates me from the larger brokerages is that I offer my agents one-on-one -on -one coaching. And, and I've done tons of coaching. I've done Tom Ferry. I've done Mike Ferry, Brian Buffini, Craig Proctor, and the smaller brokerage that I was at. I was actually at the director of training and I would meet with the agents 
and I would coach them on calls. And at seven o'clock in the morning, they would show up, we would do role playing, they'd get set. And then when eight o'clock hit, they'd start making their calls every day and hitting their, their goal, which is usually like 20 contacts a day, hundred calls or something like that. So mm -hmm. I try to apply that in my own brokerage. And really what it comes down to it is that I, the way I look at it, I need to focus on each of my agent's strengths and then where we can improve on each one. So for my two residential agents down in Torrance, one's a great cold caller. He's just, he's just on it and he just makes phone calls nonstop. And then his girlfriend kind of supports him with some of the other areas. She does the marketing, she does the social media and they work together as a team. And they've only been with me for a month and they've already gotten multiple listing appointments. They picked up a listing and they're brand new agents. And it's great. And it's just a matter of just meeting with them regularly and then getting them going. I have also a commercial agent and he started off in residential, I'm sorry, commercial leasing. And he's got years of experience, but it was under a large company that did leasing. Mm -hmm. So now he wants to do that himself. And so I work together and it's a different approach with him because he doesn't want to make the calls. So we've signed up with CoStar. He's got a virtual assistant who's going to be making the calls. But for him, it's networking. I will go to networking meetings with him and I'll say, I'll introduce him to a residential agent. And I'll say, hey, I want you to eat. I want you to meet Jake. He's my commercial agent. And then I help him get leads from that. And then my fourth agent is really wants to focus on property management. And she came to me with a dozen, with a lead client of hers that had 12 properties. And her focus is just that. And so when we go out, we, she wants to do networking as that. She wants to make cold calls. And so my focus is what are your strengths? Where can we do that? If it's not calls, it's okay. Let's do network. Let's figure it out. And then I come up with an individual plan and then I dedicate time to them each week because honestly, I'm like a big brokerage. I, when you, a lot of these agents, they'll come to a big brokerage and they're just, they're lost. They say, Hey, yeah. come join us. Come join us. That's fine. And let us know when you have a listing and they have no idea what to do. And I think really with the advantage of having a small independent brokerage is that we can give our agents that one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah. And then the big box, they'll give you a URL. Here's the portal, go do the thing and just keep paying us your desk fees and we'll be happy. Exactly. Exactly. And they'll have out here, watch a couple of modules. Here's a couple of trainings. And then we've got tons of technology. Mm -hmm. They won't show you how to get a listing and they won't teach you they won't keep you accountable. And they just say, here, you're on your own. And it's a struggle. Yeah, it is. And it's that's why we have, what, 87% drop rate in the first five years. Yep. So it's just, it's not as easy as it looks on HGTV. And it's our job as brokers to help them understand, look, it's not that easy. You're going to have to push through, but here's how to do it. And this is how you're successful. Exactly. So that's what we do. So in terms of production, okay. GCIs, is that something you're comfortable sharing? How many listings well, did you guys have? Yeah, but most of the agents are new. So production is getting there, right? So okay. we just picked up a listing. It's more about generating tons of leads, which is great. And so I'm really focused on getting them to the follow-up and their lead. I do my own little stuff, like I said, the vacant lot listing, but I'm really focused on their production. And it's about hitting their numbers. So with the with a couple out of torrents. It's, they have a certain number they want to hit every day of contact and mm -hmm. follow up as they have you had your contacts. And then they'll talk about the leads that they did. And then I'll do some role-playing with them. So they'll get these situations they never had that they've never encountered before. And I'll help them with the rebuttal, like yeah. how to handle the objections. But overall, for being just a few months, they're all doing a fantastic job. 
It's just they're hustlers, and I appreciate that. Big Tom Ferry fan, and I can hear the Tom and Mike Ferry out of you. It, it's awesome. Let's talk about recruiting, right? So, what is your method? How do you recruit new agents? I'm sure you have a success with getting those four, right? I'm sure you're not going to stop at four. What's your goals for this year, and how are you going to go about recruiting more? One of the best things I did was start working my way up through leadership in my local association. So I am on the I'm a member of the Orange County Realtors association for under California Association of Realtors. And I worked my way up to the board of directors. And so that really gave me a lot of visibility, both as an attorney, which has really been a real estate attorney. I've been fantastic. I've gotten tons of referrals from realtors. But once I started yeah. saying that, hey, I've got a brokerage, I'm recruiting, they start coming to me. And then the great thing is they all know each other, the ones in leadership. One in leadership will join and they'll say, oh, I'm with Matt's brokerage. I'm with Good Harbor Real Estate. And then the other ones start asking questions. Oh, you're doing, oh, you're doing coaching. And I think that really, if you want to recruit, you got to go to the agents are. And yeah. the agents are in the association. So I really don't believe in doing cold calls to agents. I want my reputation. I want my agents to talk about their, that they're happy with the brokerage. And then I mm -hmm. let them sell the brokerage word of mouth. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of operations with your agents, are you providing leads or you mentioned they're doing call calling? Are you providing the list? What do you provide your agents and how does it look like? Yeah. Like I said, so it's, it depends on what each one's plans. So the ones that are doing the cold calling, they are getting their own list, but we do generate quite a bit of leads through the law firm. And then when that happens, I hand them off to the agents. But the other part of the lead generating is just is networking. And that that works really well for me. I also teach them. So when I was just a few years ago, my specialty was open houses. I, I just I picked one thing and I got really good at it. And I would do these things. I would get really good at generating leads from open houses. And if you go to open houses, you'll see that. I try going to an open house, don't tell people you're a realtor and walk in there and see what happens. And they'll come up to you and they'll say, Oh, hey, here's a flyer. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah, and they'll walk and away. The, and then they'll walk away. And, you know, I was on, I was showing on the place and I would start asking them questions and I would get their information. So I teach my agents how to do that. I teach them how to generate leads. I don't necessarily give them those leads. But when I'm, whenever I'm out with my agents, I never talk about my deals. I always say, oh, here's Jake. He's my commercial guy. Here's Rana. She's doing property management. And I really, I really focus on them. And I think they appreciate that I'm not trying to compete with them. Yeah. Yeah. If you can be a win man in those situations, exactly. they'll definitely appreciate it. So what is your commission structure with your agents? I typically start at 75% and it will go up depending on the basis of experience. And I think that 75 cents, 75% is a good balance. I don't do, I don't tack on any fees. No desk okay. fee, no, I cover their ENO. I don't do transaction fees. I just let them go. And I'm always willing to raise it based on production. But most of my agents, like I said, are pretty new. So the more experienced, though, I will raise it higher. Okay. And then is there any cap? There's not, but I would be told, I would be open to a cap if one of my agents want to discuss that. Like I said, they're all pretty new. But here's the thing is that I want them to be happy. Mm -hmm. I want them to stick around. And I don't look at myself as the broker, the boss, I look at myself as a coach. So mm -hmm. I ask my agents, what can I do to make your job better? And they'll say, oh, what about this program? Can we do this? Can we do this technology? Can we do things this way? Like, 
if it sounds good, let's do it. And one of the things that frustrated me in a big brokerage is that if I wanted to deviate any way, any little way from their policies and procedures, I couldn't. I'd ask the manager and then that would have to go to her general manager and the regional manager and then the vice president and then to the broker and couldn't do that. And if they have a good idea and it's within compliance, let's do it. Yep. Okay. That, so basically you don't have a set commission structure. It's based on whatever negotiation happened with that specific agent. Yeah, it's based on their experience and their production, but I do try to start at least at 75%. I wouldn't start anything lower than that. To them. For them. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got a lot of these very competitive large brokerages, which Mm -hmm. will, they'll offer, oh, just pay us a small flat rate. Oh, 100% commission minus minus this. And they get nothing out of it though. They're just using the name of the brokerage and there's no- You get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. And so as long as they're okay with- uh, with it. I, but I dedicate my time. I block out time. Mm-hmm. I just met with the two from Torrance right before this and was coaching them on the next steps. So I, yeah, 75% for new agents, but I give them the time that they need and I'm always yeah. available for them. Yeah, no. And again, the flat model is an interesting model. I've spoke with brokers that do that and it's based more on volumes and it's based yeah. more on I don't want to call it upsell, but it's kind of like in-app purchases. Oh, you want a transaction coordinator? Then that costs that much, stuff like that. It's just a different business model. If I was a producing agent with, I don't know, 10, 15 years of experience and no plans on going and doing a brokerage of my own, I can see the value in just going doing a flat fee somewhere where I don't need too much supervision and I don't need support and I don't need anything. But every young agent that I talk to that tells me I'm looking at the 100% commission, I just tell them that's not a good idea. You're not going to grow. You're not going to be able to have someone to ask the questions that sometimes you hit a wall and you got to have someone that's been around that knows what it is, especially now in 2023, we're going to hit some walls. Right. We're yep. going to see things that, that anybody that hasn't been around in 2089 has not seen yet. And being able to have that experience is important because I'll give an example. I have an agent. She's, uh, that's a second career, but she's relatively young agent. She's in her third year as an agent. And late last year in December, she had a listing and a week later, she comes back and goes, what what's going on? What am I going to do? The house has been on the market for a week and I don't have any offers. And it's okay. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. You don't have to start dropping prices just yet. Yep. Make sure you're well-priced, obviously. But other than that, it's like, it's a week. And sure enough, a week later, she got the offers and she got it sold. But it, they grew up in a world where you stick a sign in the yard and by the time you're back to your car, there's 25 offers. <laughs> it's and, not that market anymore. And that's not normal. That's never been the normal. Speaking of marketing, right? What kind of marketing activities do you guys do? Do you do Facebook ads or Google ads or any other kind of marketing activities that are more than just calling? No, nothing on the ad side. And I, and I don't get me wrong. I've run Facebook ads. I've done many ads. I'm very familiar with how Facebook, Instagram, Google ads work. They're just. Say it. They're, so- yeah, they're I don't want to knock them, but yeah, they're a little rough and you can end up spending a lot more money than you make off them. And it really, and, but leads are leads. And one thing I was telling the Darius, he's the, the one of the agents from Torrance. 
great cold caller. He'll call somebody and you say, oh yeah, I got a call. And he's like, there's a lot of wrong numbers. And I was like, okay, what happens when you get a wrong number? And he says, oh, well, I just said, I apologize. And I hang up. And I said, no, no. every person you talk to is a lead. They're either, yeah. they're going to buy or sell. We just don't know when. And I said, yeah, I always take it around and I say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you weren't Mr. Smith, but that, while I've got you on the line, have you had any thoughts about buying or selling? And now I've got him turning these wrong numbers into a potential thing and increasing his contact rate. So even though the ads are difficult, the Zillow leads, et cetera, they're all leads. And until they say no, a dozen, it's okay. It's just a matter of whether it's within your budget. And for small brokerages, that can be hard. So yeah, we have to be very really mindful. And I also tell my agents, you want to go spend money on marketing for yourself, that's okay. But the first year, don't bother with internet leads because yeah. A, you got to know how to handle them. B, you got to be able to nurture them. And you got to do objection handlings and all that. And you just don't know where it's going to be the best bank for your buck just yet. You I would rather have, yeah, I would rather have my agents making calls every day or door knocking. And you pay for some lists, but you're going to get, you're going to get contacts and it's a number game with internet leads. Some of them are fake. Yeah. Have you gotten an internet lead and you've looked at the name and you're like, that's not a real name. That, that's because when somebody asks you to fill a name on, on a form online, it, when I get do that, get to do that online, usually I don't tell at askme.com. It's, it's like, I want to tell you my name. I don't want to give you my number, but you pop this thing up. So I have to fill it up. Otherwise I can't keep looking at the article I was reading or whatever. So I'm going to give you some crap data. And you paid for that crap data. Yeah, which is even worse, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And then you mentioned the, you you might not have thought about this, but what about that? So they can keep the conversation going. What I train my agents is always finish the conversation with, what else do you have? And that's the kind of question that a lot of people yeah. forget to ask. But just because you called him about his home, right, at address 123 Main, doesn't mean he doesn't have three other houses he's willing to sell, even though he doesn't plan on selling his house. Exactly. Or he might have a commercial or a retail strip or whatever. And it's kind of like, I just always finish the conversation with, what else do you have? There's this great book by, I think his name is John Jing. It's Rejection Proof. Have you read it? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I, I love have that all book. my agents. Exactly. I have all of my agents read that because it's phenomenal. He goes in there from being afraid of rejection. And then he starts getting to the point where he'll start asking why. And then he comes up with alternatives. And then watching him grow through that, I have all my agents do that because just stop at a no. Yeah. Ask why. Ask what you can do to help them. Yeah, especially your cold caller. I like the, there's a little book, very short book called Go For No. Okay. Also a fantastic book that basically helped them understand that, look, when you're st getting started with cold calling, you don't know anything. But once you do that long enough, then you know your numbers. You know that it's just a number. It's a funnel. I'm going to dial 100. I'm going to talk to 10. I'm going to set up appointment with three. And then I'm going to get a listing on one. Uh, exactly. so my, let's say my rate is 100 to 1. Then now, every time somebody tells you no, that's one off the 100 getting you closer to the yes. Exactly. So, so I love go to go for no. It's a, And it's told like a story. Very nice. Short book or very short audible as well. I definitely recommend that one. I'm going to go check that out. Thank you for doing that.
Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, we say we're not marketing for leads. How about marketing for the brand? So one of the things that is challenging for us as independent is brand recognition, right? Yeah. So when you call and you call, or when you shake a hand, give a card and say, hey, I'm Keller Williams, everybody knows what Keller Williams is. When you tell them I'm Eureka Business Group or Harbor then it's going to like, because we don't have that big name out there. So what we do sometimes is we'll do a Facebook ad campaign or a Google campaign, but at the brand level, not for a specific list, not for a, attracting, right. fill up this form, just so people will see the brand. So when my agents hands over cards, yeah, I know your company. Exactly. I've heard the name. Reach campaigns or engagement campaigns, something at the, at the higher level, not very at the specific. Exactly. Do you guys do any of that? No, we're not doing any of that yet. I, that is part of the plan to do that. I'm trying to get a social media team assembled to get started on that. But that is in the works right now. It's just the word of mouth. But okay. a lot of times for the cold callers, though, when you've engaged them and you've got that appointment, you've mentioned what brokerage you're with. But by the time they agree to the appointment, they're not okay. even thinking about it. They don't care. Yeah. And I find that for most of it, but I did take okay. a long time with my brokerage name, Good Harbor Real Estate, and I've gotten a lot of positive feedback with that. So I try to pick something and I've asked people, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And really try to be careful when I chose a name and, and positive. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read a NAR article not so long ago that says that, but four out of five customers don't even remember what the brokerage their agent was with. Exactly. Yeah. So I, almost, I, I, sorry, I almost think that the brand name recognition, and now that's brand name is good, but I almost think that there's a degree of myth to it. Like we tell agents, oh, if you're not with a big one, they're not going to know it. You go knock on somebody's door and have a conversation, set the appointment. Yeah. And they're right. They're not even going to remember. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of social media, you said you want to get a team. Are you guys on social media? If so... What are your go-to channels? Is there any channels you are heavier on or less? I really doing. I really like a lot of Instagram posting, and I think I get a lot of engagement out of that, and a lot of Facebook as well. And eventually, we want to start running some some Google ads for us, but primarily, we want to try TikTok and expanding on that. The problem is when you're an independent broker, it's hard to juggle all these hats. Yeah. So I'm so focused on the coaching. And I'm trying to get them out. Now, in Darius and Brittany, they're phenomenal. They are caught, they're promoting the brand as well, but as their own team. And they're show, they're making these beautiful videos. And I'm just amazed by how they're doing it. And they're getting a lot of engagement. So I'm really focused on getting them out there. But yeah, I need to, I definitely need to get the brokerage a little bit yeah. more recognition. But I'm proud of what my agents are doing. Yeah, as, as long as you tell them to keep the brand colors and the brand logo somewhere, it transcends, it, it goes through and that's fine. Just a little tip, there are those aggregator apps like Hootsuite and eClincher and, oh, yeah. and all these things where you put your content in one spot and it disseminates it to all the channels at the same time. That's on the time-saving side. So that kind of leads me to the next section of... You see how naturally it all comes through? Yeah. Technology. So what do you guys have for your tech stack? A CRM system, transaction coordinator, website platform. What do you guys use today? Yeah, so for we have a transaction coordinator, and I, I really try to stick on that 
because being in compliance is such an important thing for brokerage and making sure that having you know, that transaction coordinator checking all that is, is very important. But uh, we use a Lion Death CRM. Okay. Our local CRMLS is, where are you at, Joseph, by the way? I, in Texas. In Texas. Okay. So our local MLS, CRMLS has a subscription for Lion Desk. And I think that's very effective. And I just, I help them with technology based on what they're going to utilize. So whether it's with website, et cetera, and I'll help them pick out. I like using Canva for a lot of the designs, et cetera, but some agents don't want to use technology. Like the commercial agent Most really just wants don't. Yeah, exa exactly. Right. But the commercial one, we use CoStar and that's a very expensive program, but the data and the leads are phenomenal and yeah. it's useful for them. And he's partnered with, but we're about partnering them with people with the right kind of people. So we have a commercial real estate lender. They'll work together for generating those leads. And then my residential agents and torts, they work with title and then title has certain things, certain technology yeah. from First American. And then they have a lender that they work with. And since so they do the marketing, so I'm more focused on what are each person's needs? Their property management, right? So she wants me to invest in a, there's an app that she wants to sign up with. That's what she needs. I ask my people, what can I do to help you with your job? And yeah. they'll say this technology. And then I'll say, okay, we'll make that happen. So I'm not really focused on putting everyone on the same technology. I'm more trying to see what technology do you need specifically for your side of the business. I hear you. Do you find this realistically scalable? Or maybe I asked that and I don't think you said earlier, what's the goal? Are we, is the plan to be 10 agents at a brokerage, 20, 50, 150, a quarter million, Keller Williams? <laughs> we both know that at a quarter millions, that approach is not going to work. So... <laughs> Where is the goal and where is the sustainability? Because one of the things that right. I feel is that we do need some sort of unique, just unique experience for everybody in terms of the tech platform, right? You mentioned a transaction yeah. coordinator. We have one system that they have to put all the transactions through or they don't get the CDA. And that system yes. automatically generates all the checklist items, right? The mandatory and the optional. Because like, I totally agree with what you said earlier, compliance is super critical. We got to make sure we have all the boxes checked. Otherwise, they'll do half of what they really have to do and they'll get away with it until they don't. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the goal for the brokerage is we want to do, we want to onboard six more agents and have 10 by the end of the year. And I also have an incentive program. So anyone that they recruit, they'll get a percentage of okay. that agent's production for the entire time that, that they are both in the brokerage. And the goal next year would probably be double that 2024, 20, I think. So about two dozen agents and finding someone to manage the agents at that point. As for technology, like I said, it's really, I'm open to their suggestions on what they need. I went to the, I was at this brokerage called First Team and they have 2000 agents in Orange County and huge brokerage. And the technology, they had everything. And there was like real scout and there was market reports and everything. And I think people only used one tenth, 10% of what they offered. So they tried to just throw all the technology out there, but the agents weren't using it. And so I really want to focus on compliance, but what's going to be the best bang for your buck? What can we do that, what do you need? What's going to help make your job better? That's what I really want to focus on. 
And so mm-hmm. I try to do it as a one approach at a time, but it's the mar- the lead generating and the marketing. I don't feel like I have to have standardized standardization yeah. compared yeah. to compliance, which does need to be. Yeah. And I think CRM, website platforms, email platforms, stuff like that yeah. are what I would call infrastructure. On the marketing, I agree with you, right? Your commercial person is not going to be marketing at the same place as your residential. Right. Where TikTok videos are going to work great for the residential, the commercial clients are not on TikTok. They're not looking for their agents on TikTok. Exactly. So I agree with that statement. But at some point, we we found that at least the infrastructure level stuff, we everybody to be on the same place because I don't want to go into three different transaction coordination systems just so I oh, can yeah. check the boxes every single time. Oh yeah, so, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and that's got to, yeah, at the infrastructure level, it, there does need to be some uniformity. But then at the higher level stuff for some of the marketing, it's really about what they're going to, what are they going to use? What, yeah. uh, what, is, what does Tom Ferry say? What is the best CRM? The one the they one use. going to use. Exactly. Yep. And that to me is more important than making everyone say, oh, we have to do LionDesk. LionDesk is great. And the our local MLS, it's a perk. But yep. if you feel more comfortable with HubSpot, then go for it. Yeah, as long as they nurture the leads, it doesn't matter what system they exactly. use. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, I hear you. So, yeah, but like we said earlier, most agents wouldn't know how to start picking up a CRM system. So, having one out of and, the box and onboarding them just makes their life they, easier in our and, and do. And I feel really comfortable with Lion Death, but then I'll do that. And one of the things that I'll suggest and when they start with the coaching is that they need to build their database. And they need to yeah. put all of their sphere of influence in there, past clients, leads, et cetera. And then they have to categorize it. And so I'll walk them through that and I'll show them. And then we'll set up reminders on when they need to call. Oh, you know what? So this person sends you referrals. Let's put them on a 30, 60 or 90 day bucket list, right? Yeah. Oh, this person needs to be, they said this, we need to put them in a, a two week thing and drip campaign. So I'm definitely all about that, but I want to make sure that they're going to use it. Yeah, that's definitely a high yeah, profile that. A high value target, yeah. Yeah. In your opinion, what's the hardest thing about being a an independent broker? I think it's just being at the top of the of the of the structure. There's really no one else to reach out to. So when you're in a large brokerage, you've got your compliance department, you've got the manager, the broker, you've got your legal department if you're big enough. And when you're the broker, you've got to have the answers. They're coming to you. And I wouldn't have stepped out of this if I didn't feel comfortable enough to do it. And after almost 10 years of writing offers and going to escrows and having them cancel and dealing with problems, I feel pretty comfortable about that. But sometimes things pop up. And so having a network like what you've created of other brokers to talk to is really important because otherwise there's stuff that we still don't quite know. And at the top, I can't really go to my agent who are very new and ask, them for advice. So I'll go and I'll seek other people. I think that's probably one of the bigger challenges for that. Yeah. And I agree with you. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that we're not in the buildings business. We're in the people business and people, no matter how long you do, whatever you do, people will find a way to surprise you. It's just (laughs) every day there's something else. So I agree. No matter how much experience you have, there's always going to be something that somebody was able to surprise you with and being able to lean back on a network and say, hey, I've never done this. Anybody has an experience? Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So let's flip that question. What's the best thing about being an independent broker? 
I love my agents. I love being able to coach them, being able to guide them. And then I just have flexibility. Like I said, with the other, with the other brokerage, I couldn't do, I couldn't deviate anything. And as long as everything is compliance, if it's going to be something that'll help them with productivity, that will help them, that'll make them, they'll keep them happy. And then let's go for it. You got an idea? Boom. Let's implement it. If it's good, I'm on it. And I love that flexibility and love being able to work that. Like I said, you know, what I want to be a coach, what can I do to make your job easier? I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. I'm here to guide you. Yeah. Look at your strengths, find out, oh, okay. I'm not going to make an agent door knock who's terrified at door knocking. Okay. What else can we do? Okay. You know, can you want to do, let's talk about dropping mailers instead, same neighborhood, right? Yeah. Instead of door knocking. So I love working with their strengths and finding out. And then when they call me up and after Darius, after one week of cold calls, got a listing. I'm just like, first week, just brand new agent. And that just, that makes yep. me happy. Yep. And I'll try to challenge them sometime, even if they are terrified of door knocking. So I pulled the Tom Ferry, right? I'll give a thousand dollars if you go knock a hundred doors <laughs> this weekend. I don't care if you don't get any listings. I don't care if you, everybody... Uh, just shut their door in your face. I'll give you a thousand dollar cash. You go knock doors. Unfortunately, just like Tom Ferry, nobody picked it up. <laughs> yeah, I will offer to go with him. And yeah. for Brittany's first listing appointment was a FISBO. She called a FISBO and she got the appointment set and it was fantastic. And then she asked me to join her. And I actually came with her and helped her with that. So I will give them whatever support they need hands-on, yep. which you can't get at a big brokerage. Nobody's no. going to show up at a flat rate place. Plus the flat rate guys, I know they're, it sounds like, oh, it's a hundred percent. You just pay a $500 fee or whatever, but your first three transactions have to be with a mentor who's going to take 50%. Yeah. So that's really yeah, not, is, yeah. There's always fine print in everything, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I had a young agent at some point that got a commercial young agent, got his first multifamily list in a few years ago. And it was like, you know, godforsaken place six hours away from our office and i told him let's go i got into the car with him exactly. and we drove six and a half hours back and then six and a half hours return and he got 13 hours of education to that day in the car i'll go that extra mile which you rarely see in the big box unless you join yeah. a specific team that has a team leader that is as dedicated as he would be an independent broker yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And whatever my agents need, I'm there for them. Awesome. We talked about the goals in terms of recruiting for 2023. What are the other goals for 2023? I think establishing some lead generating systems and getting more leads into the brokerage, because I really do want to provide that as a value and handing out leads. And we're already doing that, but I want to increase that amount. And then also beefing up our presence social media wise probably our two top goals besides recruiting awesome any financial goals any number of transaction goals for 2023 we don't have any specific financial or transaction goals as a whole in a brokerage really my focus is on just making sure that they're they have a goal for contacts per day because if they can hit that goal then the funnel right contacts per day leads to appointments leads to contracts listings closings. And so I'm more focused on that. And then I want to adjust their production. So it's not really about my brokerage goal. Like I said, they're all fair, relatively new, but it's really more about focusing on their production goals. Yeah. One would argue that what doesn't get measured doesn't happen though. 
Yeah, but, yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And then I like to actually, as part of our process of onboarding, I like to take the agent and say, what is the financial goals? So I can help them drive back into those targets that you're talking about in terms of the funnel, right? Yeah. Nobody knows their funnel at the beginning because everybody has a different closing ratio and so on. But we can ballpark most of these things to start with to put an initial goal. And I always have agents, I don't know about you, but I always have agents that come in and say, I want to do 10 transactions or I want to do 100 transactions. And it's kind of, that doesn't tell me a lot. Tell me dollars. Yeah. What is your financial goal? I want to start implementing that. Yeah, you can have 10 transactions of a million dollar house, so you can have a thousand transactions of $50, $500 rentals. <laughs> You're not going to yeah, make the same yeah. amount of money, right? So don't tell yeah. me how many transactions, but stock dollars. And then let's say they say, I want to do $100,000 this year. So we say, okay, your average commission is, I'm just throwing round numbers for a second, $10,000. So we need 10 transactions, right. which means you'll need 20 listings, which means you'll need 50 appointments. So basically I'm driving backwards from their financial into, this is how many contacts you have to make a day. This is how many phone calls right. you have to make a day. No, I like that a lot. I, I think I'm going to try that approach as well. Yeah, of course. Best advice for a new or a veteran agent that wants to be a, a new independent broker? Leap of faith. It's a leap of faith, but and it's going to be very challenging. But if you get prepared, I just, just go for it. I did, and I'm, I've, I'm very thrilled with the decision I made. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I haven't met a lot of independent brokers that say, oh man, I wish I was Keller Williams again. Oh, I'll never go back. But, but yeah, awesome. Perfect. So just to be conscious of your time, just if people want to reach out to you, other brokers that are going to see this, or even if someone from Orange County sees you and wants to join your brokerage, how can they reach you? Where can they find you? Yeah, they're going to reach me, my cell phone number. I'm happy to give that 714-717-2016. Shoot me a text message. Our email, matt at goodharborrealestate.com. Awesome. And we'll make sure we put that in the notes Please. on YouTube and everywhere we put this. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate that. Thank that you. was very interesting and great to learn from you. We're going to post this on YouTube. We're going to post it on the Facebook group that we have. And then I'm hoping people will learn from that and reach out to you. Any questions, I'm happy to help. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.